so I don't know about you guys, but I did not realize that the jelly in PB and J or peanut butter and jelly was more liquidy than what I originally thought. Okay, weird topic to discuss, but my sister actually just came, well not really came, but she brought stuff back from the US and for some reason, you know, in my head, I'm imagining jelly as like the jam here, like something you'd get from Baguio. It has like pieces of fruit in it. It's like, you know, severely sweet, stuff like that. What I didn't expect was to get like a jar of blue-ish liquid just sloshing around. Is that Welch's? I don't, it was something called, I don't know, it started with a C. It or Goober? <laughs> no, I don't know. It was just grape jelly and I was just like... <laughs> Not even gonna lie, that's the well, sound. Well, it's jelly. Made. Yeah, it's jelly, but I was expecting, you know, it's like, it's it's a thick consistency. It's not runny. I don't know. I don't know. American food is weird. All I know is I have a pantry full of snacks. I might get diabetes because of like, of how much <laughs> junk food there is. Because honestly, there's so much sweet stuff. Ugh. And I'm getting the weight. It sucks. Nobody can see it, but I, I can feel it. At least you don't need Mag try to look good for online dating because you already have a girlfriend. True. And stop it. You need <laughs> help. Okay. diabetes. Okay. Okay. Before we get any further with diabetes talk and talking about suits in general, what is up, guys? This is Carl here, one of the hosts of Matched. It is the show about matching up with each other. <laughs> but yes, this is Match with Carl and Kina. It is I, Carl, the long-haired, not being able to cut his hair since quarantine started, kind of need to take a shower, but also getting too lazy to do so. It's cold enough for me to wear a hoodie, not sweat my ass off type of weather, Carl. And this is Kina, the complete opposite. I can never cut my hair short because I will look like Hagrid. And I do not want to wear a hoodie. I will still sweat. And I am also concerned about Carl's current condition with diabetes. So, yes, <laughs> we make great peanut butter and jelly together. <laughs> Remember, you guys can find us on match underscore ph. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter with that handle. Remember, guys, send us your stories. Send us a DM if you guys want to be on here. If you guys just want to send us a shout out, go right ahead. Also, if you want to send in your own stories but are too shy to be on the show, you can still send it through DM. Or if you want to be more, more professionals about it, we do have an email handle you can reach us at. It's matchmakers.ph at gmail.com. You can look us up through there. And joining us today is none other than one of my favorite people in the psychology department, Miss Marielle. <laughs> Hello and good evening. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here. Okay, so this is going to be a first because for the people who've listened to the show for a while now, they are kind of used to having guests who are kind of our age and they're like early 20s who are super, super used to, you know, being wild, going out and being spontaneous, meeting people at clubs or whatever. But right now, you know, you have, I'm not saying that in, a, in a, an offensive way, but you do have more experience in a more mature way and one that's not the way we sort of celebrate or do things. So. <laughs> mm hmm. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, can you please introduce yourself first? Because I, I kind of went on, t on tandem. <laughs> That is okay. I am, I am Miss Marielle. I am 
registered psychologist, but right now I am college counselor of Southville International Schools and Colleges. So again, thank you for having me tonight. So um, one of the first few things we actually wanted to ask, or what do you call this? Well, if you not really experienced, but yeah, do you have any experiences either personally or that you know of from friends or family, you know, that are maybe, mm, like, <laughs> I don't know how to word it. Unpleasant. Yeah, that could work too. <laughs> Unpleasant experiences with online dating, yes. Yes. And yeah, you mentioned this, Keen. I don't even remember talking to you about this, but apparently we had mentioned this in class one time. Um, someone I I know met this person, I think it was on Tinder. Uh, they were having a great conversation together. They were really having this sort of connection, I guess. But it was just the first day. So, and this conversation was happening in the wee hours of, of the morning. And, you know, this other person, this stranger on, on Tinder suddenly asked a person I know to start sending nudes because she was doing the same thing. And the mood was set, right? So, person I know <laughs> did the same thing. And as soon as that happened, other person said, hey, you know what? I need... 15k in my bank account right now and if you're not gonna give it to me by 4 a.m i'm gonna take this referring to mm. their nudes i'm gonna send it to all your friends on facebook what i forgot what? how bad the story was what the <laughs> fuck truly a wtf moment yes and of course the money you know wasn't available at that time so you know, this person had to contact their parents about it, and they decided, oh, maybe it's a maybe it's a threat, and you know, maybe they won't do it. Oh, but you know, as soon as it hit four a.m., everyone got that message, and so the follow-up message was, "Don't open that private message from that stranger because you're gonna see stuff." So, mm. was your yeah. friend a boy or a girl? Guy. So guy. You know how there's a double standard to this thing, right? Mm. If you were a guy, maybe it's not so bad. But if this were happened to a girl, the situation would be totally different. Mm. There would be the victim shaming, more the, the reputation would be even worse kind of thing. So, so yeah, my friend recovered from it fairly quickly. Right. He was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, no, that, no, that's fine. At least, you know, he was able to recover quickly. But, I mean, um, from people out there who do uh, send your nudes, because, you know, you, you live your own fucking life. No judgment. One pro tip. Not from experience. But <laughs> from experience. <laughs> not from experience. Not from experience. But, okay, one pro tip that I can give you, or one pro tip that I've learned, is that if you're going to take a nude and you're going to send it to someone, to some stranger online, what you're gonna wanna do is make sure it's not as descript as possible. So make sure your face isn't shown. There's no physical features that kind of tie you towards that body. And mm -hmm. make sure that whatever you're taking the picture on, like nobody can really recognize it from anywhere else. So if this person like says like, oh, I'm gonna post your nudes, be like, that could be any fucking person out there. I don't know who that is. Like, that's not me. Or if you wanna go out like the really badass way, Post your own nudes online and be like, okay, some assholes trying to post my nudes. Here it is. Don't fucking care. Or 
you know, choose an app that has secret chat that doesn't allow you to take screenshots. But yes, still follow pro tips from Carl, the pro. The, the non-experienced experienced person. <laughs> good points, good points. No tattoos, right? No, no identifying information. No tattoos. No try not try to hide any like moles that are significant. Birthmarks. That too. <laughs> okay, so we covered on um, what you do for a living, which is psychology. One thing I've been like super like excited about psychology is like the fact that it really de- like delves deep into people's minds and their re- and their behavioral uh, reactions to things. And there was always, for some reason, there seemed to be a lot of connection to sex more than you would think like you'd think like okay this is based on because of what this person has done but a lot of times people's actions are kind of driven by sex like is that do you think that's a true statement or is it it's a far-fetched well no no totally valid i mean freud started it right yeah he was the first one to really bring it up and if you ask any psych major always start with freud so in a way we kind of start off with that sexual mindset which is a challenge and at the same time if you put some cultural implications here as well it's a big taboo subject here in the philippines as well so i mean yeah i mean sexuality in general here is like is a bit of a non-brought up topic even amongst like families they really just don't want to talk i think in general asian families don't really talk about sex or not as open about it I would say so it's, so it's a bit hard and a lot of people wind up doing the thing where they learn anything sexual from the internet or pornography or porn or whatever you know people's perspective on sex and relationships kind of get skewed from that I think that's very true we put a lot of shame onto onto sex when it's in fact it's a biological thing and it's part of what makes us a you know well-rounded human being and we tend to, you know, sexualize these things. So, so much, so much shame around it in a conservative country like this. Do you think in the last 10 years it's been getting better or has nothing really changed for us here? Oh, that's a good statement. I'm sure, you know, 10 years is a long time. And if you think about it, the older generation is somehow dying off I'm the, I don't know how else to say it <laughs> and, and, it, and you know we're, we're kind of the Gen Z's the millennials we're kind of appearing more and more and the fact that the influence of technology and the internet it's it's becoming more and more accessible so there is a shift there's a change in these things but of course there will still be you know a clash in cultures and generations so, of course, there's going to still be taboo behaviors and perspectives about it. So, okay, bringing me to this particular topic, which is how I've named the tradition versus evolution in a way. Because in a way, you know, moving on to 2020 and moving on to 2021, you know, everything has changed drastically from 20 years ago in, in general. So, I, guess, I think even 20 years ago, Harana and the the usual courtship thing was still very much ingrained in the Filipino culture but since the introduction of like dating apps where you can really meet people just at a snap of a finger or like at the click of a button or of a swipe of a finger whatever adjective i could use with another adjective uh, with another noun i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but yes you know so it's become easier at this point 
to either meet someone or be with someone. So do you think, you know, accepting that online dating becoming a thing or becoming normal threatens traditional, you know, the traditional courtship and traditional harana thing that Filipinos have held in such high regard for a really long time? Good question. Um, you know, these, these are, there's a reason why they're called traditions and habits. Right? These are patterns that we tend to see and somehow we tend to expect, right, it should happen. And the fact that we have these dating apps and, you know, these things suddenly popping up, it was going to happen sooner or later because of how fast technology, you know, it improves. So when we do experience these changes, of course, there's going to be transition in there and it's going to be, you know, uncomfortable, but it's, it's happening. So I wouldn't say that it's going to really eradicate how we traditionally did things. It's just going to just change it a little bit. So I don't think it's really going to die off. It's just going to maybe change a bit in terms of the medium or form. So mm -hmm. it's still going to be there. But then that's just coming from me. So <laughs> True. I mean, like I have heard people, like how they sort of interact with people now. I think it's their new version of Harana. They'll send a song through Spotify. So I'm like... No, they record nila through VMs, voice messages, <laughs> and then okay. send na lang. <laughs> <yung> bagong harana ngayon. <laughs> I mean, I was not aware of that. That's interesting. Either way, I feel like I feel like that's a pretty good way for it to adapt into like using technology rather than standing out mm -hmm. their house and be like, I'm not gonna sing because I really can't sing. But <laughs> I think if may gumawa niya dito sa bahay, my dad would be like, "Sino tong moong na to? Umaanto sa labas nangangaroling ba to?" <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> it's not even normal for them anymore. You know, it makes a kind of kind of a weird impact because I'm for myself. I haven't really grown up here, and I've never really grown up with those traditions where, you know, you, you get sang to, or I don't really see it. And the only time I ever did it was to propose someone at prom, <laughs> one of those promposals, and that was the only time mm -hmm. I ever did anything like that. But does that mean like the transition? of traditional means of being physically there and playing the guitar and singing to them physically compared to as simple as, you know, sending a voice message. Do you think that can potentially change how people sort of react to it? Like, is there a, a psychological way they sort of react to it? Will it, yeah, will it change things? Yeah. Um, in a way, it can make face-to-face -face contact even more meaningful, right? So both of you kind of had a sort of like, ah, oh, kind of reaction. What's going on in your minds? What are you guys thinking? I've been so used to talking to people online. And like even the friends that I met in person that I just talked to online. And then plus the quarantine thing. Like I, it's like an epiphany moment now. Hey, it just makes meeting people more special. But that's old news. But it suddenly still feels like I just learned something. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about you, Carl? No, it's the same thing. I realized that because I was thinking about it. Like, yeah, I could talk to everyone who I wanted to in quarantine, even though I really don't. I'm like my own little lone, lone little butterfly here. But yeah, I could talk to whoever I want online and on Facebook and on Instagram or whatever. But it's so much more different when I actually do talk to them in person. And I just never thought about it that way. And like even more so if you're interested in someone and you actually like them and you want to just like, hey... Yeah, that's true, right? When we actually want to spend time with these people 
I think with the online dating thing, if you kind of want to go to the next stage, right? That's when you really want to meet them face to face. So, I mean, sometimes it's like that. For some people, naman, it's more like, oh, hey, do you want to meet just so we could do the nasty? <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, well, you know, you're meeting for a different, completely different reason. So you're, you're valid to your own thing. Yeah, no, that's a good takeaway from this. I mean, if, I feel like people sort of already could tell, but it's not something you automatically think about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fairly easy to forget mm-hmm. those kinds of things. So, Okay, Kina has actually mentioned this like before, like way back. And some of our guests have also, have also mentioned this. But people in the older generation also tend to not understand what we're doing, what we're going through when it comes to online dating. So, I mean, we had one guest. She said that she actually had to make up a whole story about how her and her boyfriend met that didn't involve, you know, Tinder or Bumble. And when Kina had actually introduced her boyfriend to her family, uh, her mom kind of... I did the same thing. Yeah, her mom kind of invalidated the whole thing about them meeting online and why it's not the same as meeting physically. Like, what can you say about that? Well, um... If we're going to come from their perspective, I'm already separating (laughs) us from them. (laughs) When you think about it, you know, the internet, it can be new and scary for for people of the older generations. And at the same time, when the internet became more accessible to us, that was around the same time the whole stranger danger warnings were really common. So there's a lot of fear around that. So it's really, uh, really, it, it, it's a difference in experience because we, you know, we were born, we were born at the turn of technology. We were born at the time when the, the internet was just growing, you know, compared to them. That's why there's always this difficult conflict, right? With, oh, when I was your age, I would go outside and, and play while you guys would just be on your phones all day. Yeah. Right? There's always going to be that generation gap, generation blaming so it's really a challenge. So if you want to um, tell your parents about it or tell the older folks about it, you know, we can always word it nicely right? and say, oh, you know, we met online and we, we just had a, a really good connection. There really is a stigma. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really a challenge to, to change it, especially with the, with the older folks, you know, how very set, they're very set you know, in their ways. So the best we can do is really just make it sound like it's a nice thing. <laughs> I hope that's making sense. No, no, no. It, it does, it does. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, as much as we would want to, it's sometimes still hard. Even for just someone who's a bit, who's slightly older, you know, compared to all of us, maybe someone who's in their, like, 30s or 40s, where they, they were still on the, the cusp of the development of technology, so they didn't fully experience everything that's happening now. Like, even they have a, a bit of trouble understanding it from time to time. But, you know, given all of that, given, you know, everything that's, you know, that everyone really kind of thinks of as like, oh, that's not really a thing. Do you think it'll ever be socially accepted as a normal thing to have met a partner or your future boyfriend, your future husband or wife, you know, online? And if so, like, what do you think are the, the stigmas that we can sort of get rid of? So basically the stigma around this is that online dating is seen as an act of desperation. Did I get that right? Is that the yeah. typical idea? Yeah. Yes. Right? Like, right? like, oh, I'm so lonely. I actually, I've come to a point where I need to go online to find someone. I'm sure the next years 
to come. These things will eventually normalize uh, because of how available and common it's becoming. It takes time for these things. If you think about, if you think of, you know, the trends of how things are normalizing, it it really takes a lot of time. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so I I I'm pretty sure that that stigma is still it'll still be there because you know we we can't help it the internet is a really big place and although we hear really nice stories about people finding their one true love online we're also going to hear the other sides of it as well the scary ones yeah the scary ones yes (laughs) yes the exploitation the blackmail it comes with it (laughs) to put it short that stigma might still be here to stay and, you know, um, it's really about being more responsible when we do get into the online dating scene. So it's really, you know, equipping ourselves, being more responsible when we do that. You guys heard it here first. Be more fucking responsible. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you, again, if you guys are going to go out online, make sure you don't divulge any personal information. No address, no phone number, no credit card details. Nada. No faces on nudes. No faces on nudes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, self awareness. Self awareness is the key. Always ask yourself, especially when you start the online dating thing. Ask yourself, what am I trying to get out of this? There's the setting expectations as well, because I think you mentioned this um, earlier, Carl. You're like, you know, people coming in and wanting to meet up just because they want to do. Uh, do the nasty right? yeah. was that even mentioned right when you talk to the people you, know, you meet online a lot of communication needs to happen and it's unfortunate I think people are not really are not always informed when they dive into the online dating thing instead of avoid it completely we just need to educate on how to really do these things so okay for people out there if you guys want to learn some tips and tricks go back a few episodes you'll learn a few <laughs> some people also tell you guys other things so just uh yeah just continue to be mindful i guess for everything else out there <laughs> but okay um kina i mean like you've been pretty quiet this whole time like you don't want to say or ask anything i was actually you know waiting for an opening like this one thing about ghosting like before it used to be like the rudest thing ever like when people get ghosted, they get so offended and it's like, people owe them. And now suddenly the new trend is that if you get ghosted, you accept it with grace, that they <laughs> ignore you all of a sudden with no explanation. Like, what do you think about that? Is that really okay that we just accept things? Or should we like fight for manners? <laughs> Interesting points here. So that's another challenge when it comes to to online dating because it is, you know, coming from a device because it's an app. It is, I guess, one or two steps away from physical communication. There is this term called de-individuation. So basically it's the feeling we get, or I guess it's this feeling of safety we get when we're online. So this is why trolls exist, because they can just type stuff, whatever, and then they can just leave it at that and not care about the consequences. So if we take that idea and, and put that in the online dating context, we also get that feeling of safety. Like, oh, hey, I can just fool around with someone and then just leave them. Like, it's nothing. Does that, does that kind of make sense? We, 
mm-hmm. we kind of we become less emphatic. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the risk. That's the risk when we take things online, yeah. or yeah, when we when we get too involved in technology. True. <laughs> we kind of lose a little bit of that human connection. We kind of lose that sense of empathy. So with the ghost thing, yeah, we we don't really think about the consequences, right? Because I'm guessing for you, Kina, being ghosted it really hurts, and that's that's valid. Rejection hurts. Rejection sucks. We were wired for connection ever since our ancestors, you know, would kind of sit around the bonfire and tell stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's our way of connecting. And do you think it will? Do you think it will lead to abandonment issues in the future, or is it like just too mild of a an action? It's not really that. It doesn't really cause that much of an impact. All right. So, okay. Good, good point there. So let me just finish real quick. So, right. Um, if we were to be kicked out of our clan or tribe or family, that would, that would mean death. Right. And we kind of carry that with us. So if you think about the ancestral lineage and whatever, it's already wired in our heads that we need to connect. Okay. And so the fact that we're being ghosted, it kind of tugs at that primal fear of getting kicked out. Okay, so, so of course, it's definitely going to hurt. But at the same time, on the other side of it, it's also okay to kind of accept if you ever got ghosted. Okay, because it's not, you know, it's not my problem. It's theirs. They're missing out on some meaningful connection with me. Yeah, exactly. They're missing, they're missing out. They didn't give me a chance. So, you know, whatever. But on the other hand, on the person doing the ghosting, therein lies the, the issue. Right, so... It's them kind of just, I guess, what, being manipulative or whatever. And then they kind of just put you down. So the issue is, the issue is with them. In that sense, um, this is when we start, this is where the objectifying mm-hmm. comes in. Right? So I, I, I mentioned the, the individuation. All right, if you think about it, <laughs> I apologize. I feel like I'm always going uh, on tangent. No, that's good. That's good. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the format. Right, the format yeah. of uh, these dating apps. When you when you make your account, you have to have a nice picture, right? You have to know you know your best angles, really good camera quality, and then you you start putting um, personal information. The way these apps are designed, it's very much like a game. If you think about it, not gonna lie, I've actually told that to someone. You know, like um, I actually mentioned that to someone. Like I kind of treat the dating app as a game. It's like, oh, I like. I like, I don't like, I don't like, I like, I like, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> we treat it like a game. And, and oh my goodness, these people who make these apps, they somehow realized that the swiping alone can get pretty addictive. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Ooh, I am. I, I sometimes go back for the fun. <laughs> it's oh fun. Wee! <laughs> So it, this is this is really a challenge. So if you think about it, you know, the actual dating apps, they are neutral in form and function. What makes it good or bad is the intentions we, we put when we use the app. So again, going back to the swiping, right? It's fun. And of course, <laughs> we as human beings, we are pleasure seekers. We seek pleasure. That's basically what it is. We seek pleasure we stay away from whatever causes us pain. Swiping, pleasurable. Okay. Whenever we do something that's pleasurable, we get dopamine. And that's really good for the brain. Oh my goodness. 
So it's it's reinforced. Like, oh, oh yeah, I got I got to do this. I got to do that. What and, and to put another layer on it to be able to swipe, to be able to choose who to accept, who to reject. It's empowering. So it's not just the guys to do it. Because right? back then it was, so if we go back to the traditional way of doing things, it would be all in the guys, right? They have to be the ones to make the move, do this and that. But when, when these online apps came about as women, we get to do that too. We get to reject and we get to accept these guys' profiles and it feels good again. See that, see that cycle? Yes. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So I know that these apps are made to help you find your partner, right? Your soulmate, your one true love. But it's just so addicting to kind of just keep looking, to keep staying on that app. It makes sense. I don't know how else to word this. It makes sense when you know that the app did its job if you uninstall it. Does that kind of make sense? Because you're not going to use it anymore. But not everyone does that. Because even if you're kind of with your partner, it's tempting. I, I, I kind of want to check like who else finds me attractive, attractive, who else swipe. Yeah, you know, all these things. So I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm just, I just keep talking. So that's one of the ways you know, the, these apps are really built. They kind of figured out, you know, how we will stay on these apps and keep doing it. We were talking about ghosting. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no, no that was still pretty good. But... <laughs> It led to objectification and everything. Yeah. You know, but that was pretty good. I actually never thought about it, but I was like, I think about it now. And I was like, I got such a big ego boost when I had so many matches. I'm not even going to lie. True. Like, not, I'm not bragging. Kind of bragging. <laughs> but <laughs> there's that little option on Tinder where you could see if you have Tinder Gold or if you have Tinder Plus, whichever one, you can see who swiped right on you. But... If you don't, and you just have regular Tinder, you can just see the number that did. For a long time, that was on 99 plus for me. And at one point, that was on 99 plus, and my matches were over 100. So, not gonna lie, I was like, I'm hot, I'm a hot shit. Yeah, same, I'm the shit. Really... <laughs> I'm the shit. I, people like me. And then there were also days that... Like after a few days of having a streak that you get like a lot of matches and then suddenly a day just comes up na you get, I don't know, 10 or maybe below 10. There was one day I got two matches. Is there something wrong with my profile today? Don't I look good? I looked good yesterday and I didn't change a thing. And like, yeah, I, it, it makes me wonder like from your time counseling, like people our age. Like, did you notice, do you, or do you think that this contributes to us being a very, very shallow generation? There's so many layers, <laughs> so many layers on this. I don't even so know like, where to start. Oh, it's true, but I don't want to say it yet. Um, you know, when we think about the way we, we behave, we are connected to so many systems, right? So we're, we're, not, just, um, we're not just separate human beings in a vacuum, right? We're connected to our families. We're connected to our friends, um, school, you know, community until it gets bigger, nation, whatever. And all of these things, how it's changing, uh, all these trends moving, uh, it, it all plays a role in how we, how we perceive ourselves, how we, how we behave and all that. So to say that we are shallow um, it's it's really a challenge. I think it's because again we were so exposed right, to, to technology, and no one really told us how to how to behave online. No one really taught us how to be self aware when we do these things. Okay, 
I'm not going to say that it's really our generation that's shallow. I, I think it's more on, again, how these apps are built, right? Yes. You have to put a picture on. You have to put your traits on. You have to put a description of yourself. What if you are a decent person, but you just have a difficult time composing your personal description? What if you really do look attractive, but you just don't have a good camera available? The the, the thing with um, Tinder and, and all that, you're just flooded with these things. It's purely visual. Mm. So of course, we're going to be focusing on that. So I wouldn't really say that we're more shallow. It's just the way the app is built. It makes us focus on these things more, right? So I know it's fun to kind of find something to really put, you know, put the blame on. But then, you know, if we look at it from different perspectives or see how these things affect us, it, it kind of really reorients us how we see things yeah it's 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 crazy the people who really made the apps not really genius i don't want to really compliment them but they <laughs> kind of know what's going on i mean yeah, no, I, I do remember reading like articles that there was like a psychology to how they've done it like the pictures and the bio because first and foremost i think what they say is like that expression was like you eat with your eyes first Mm-hmm. So in a way, you kind of like sample everything from the first look you see. So your initial look is like, oh, their picture. What's the next thing you're going to look at? Either their second picture or their bio. If not that, then like their music taste, which is available on Tinder and sometimes uh, Bumble. But yeah, no, it's shit. Interesting. Yeah. yeah and um, I know there are many perspectives on this for people who believe in unconscious forces because it's still it's still pretty um controversial so if you do believe in in the existence of an unconscious because we tend to you know do things or say things we're not even aware of when we see these images kind of just pop up in front of us and then we we make we either swipe right or swipe left the first eight seconds of when we receive stimuli so either the picture right the picture of the person and and all that our thoughts and actions within the first eight seconds of that at least according to one perspective it's unconscious so we're not even thinking about these things try to think about like do you try to think about your swiping tendencies do you do it the first two seconds or do you really give some thought about this or is it just you know has it become mindless so again it's really the the self-awareness that we need to be mindful of, right? When we are tapping into unconscious forces here, we may not be aware of, you know, deeper needs that are driving us. I hope that makes sense. So it's really, 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 really ask yourselves, why? Why am I doing this? And then ask why again, and then ask why again. That's just one, that's just one perspective on it. So if that sits uncomfortably with you, we can no, no, always we, stick with the behavioral side of it or, you know, yeah. it's just fun to swipe right or left. You know, I mean, like, that's just a new way to look at it, I guess, because I've never thought about it that way. I guess at one point, it, if you're used to it, from my experience, it becomes like a mindless thing. You know, if it's, um, you know, once you're used to it for a couple months or a month or so, you sometimes wind up looking at it for like, not even four seconds. It's just like, yeah, it's rapid fire. No, that, that that is a uh, that is interesting. Yeah, it also makes me think. Like, is it okay to call it like somewhat of a god complex? No, you have that kind of control of what you want. But then again, maybe it's not a god complex because I do not know much about psychology. And then, 
And then, what if you turn the tables and then... Yeah, suddenly you're desperate for someone to think the best of you. And like, you're made aware of how dark your mind is when you're judging people. Na, Ay, mukhang ungo ito. Ay, ayoko na ito. Mukhang mas maganda pa yung paa dito. And then, suddenly, there are people who, like we've discussed in previous episodes, there are people who lie to a certain extent to market themselves better. Like, okay, how do I phrase this question? I think I kind of get where you're... Um coming yeah. from it's it's tough it's it's really tough when we catch ourselves giving reasons why we don't want this person it's definitely reflecting something inside ourselves that's the uncomfortable part so if we if we think about the people that we dislike for no apparent reason it could really point to something inside of us that we have difficulty accepting so that's that's one side of it and then the other side is when we make that profile, right? There's always going to be that risk overselling. It's always going to be, right? Best foot forward. Ever since Facebook kind of came around, we always want to show our best pictures. We always, definitely, there's no um, no shame in doing that. But of course, uh, we need to follow through, okay? Or at least, how am I going to say this? At least be responsible for, mm-hmm. for doing that. Or, you know, I don't, know, don't don't exaggerate. So no. it's... Yeah. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, it, it does answer your questions. Carl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, we've talked about, you know, how it sort of affects people in general. But at the same time, I feel... We've gone through, like, a couple studies. I've, I've read, you know, some articles where it's stated that a lot of the... Like, a lot of the age range that actually use it is between the ages of 18 to 27. But, you know, there are some times where you will see early teenagers, so kids between the ages of 14 to 17 on the, on the app, which is bad for a lot of other people. Well, for one thing, they don't know that they're this age and might get blamed for something. And there are others who know of the age and who still decide to pursue other means. And that's very disgusting. But um, in a way, it still sort of exposes them to, I guess, like early relationships or even sex. So do you think that getting exposed at that age, at an earlier age that compared to most, affects how they view sex and how they view relationships as they get older? Mm, let's see. So yes, it will definitely leave some impact yeah. on them. I mean, when we were... <laughs> When we were growing up, it wasn't really something to consider. I mean, oh my goodness, Filipino parents in general, right? <laughs> when they talk about date, I don't really think there's anyone who really teaches mm. you how to use these things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To put it shortly, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> There's always going to be that risk. I mean, it's kind of scary. The conservative side of me is saying, don't do it because something really bad is going to happen. We, we really need to, what's this, be responsible about using the app, mm-hmm. right? Yes, the apps. And um, it's unfortunate. I think I remember reading some of the, the questions you put out and um, you guys mentioned, you know, hookup culture and and all that i won't just say you know it, it's the app that's doing it rather it's how we collectively 
are you know normalizing these ideas and of course the younger generation is going to get is going to perceive that as normal so it, it's 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 difficult the hookup culture shouldn't be normalized but it's something that's it's always happening the challenge about this also is that i've looked around for this the actual definition for hooking up it's it's so vague it's such as it's it's a wide spectrum of hooking up for some people hooking up could mean kind of just meeting like for a date right mm-hmm. and on the other hand it's kind of you know going all the way one night stand kind of thing right mm-hmm. so you know like the the education part of it no one really knows how to where to start or how to do these things oh my goodness i'm so sorry i feel like i'm just talking here and there please feel free to just interrupt me with your your thoughts yeah i was reminded of something somewhere along your rant um yeah we had a gay and a bisexual man as a guest and then he said stories of like yeah, the first few times that they hooked up and I guess the general accepted definition of hooking up here is really, yeah, sex, one night stands and everything. And then for the first few times that they started doing it, it did make them feel like empowered, that they had value and everything. And then like a few weeks or a few months later, they started attaching their value to that act. And then they started having identity issues, like... Am I really just worth this? Have I dirtied myself? And I don't know, like, do you believe that access to sex at an early age like changes the way people will continue to think about sex? Or is this pushing us to be more accepting of sex? Should we still attach some sort of value to it and like discourage hookup culture as much as possible? Really good question. Um, again, but we also have to define what that sex is, what that sexual experience is for that person. So it goes goes back to consent. It goes back to setting expectations. It goes back to um, the communication between the two people. Because what's difficult is I feel like we're going to tread sex ed territory here because no one really teaches you how... Or either sex ed or... Just sex in general. Yeah, and um, I forgot this term. You know, having ownership of your body. Mm. How we see that. Because no one really teaches. No. If I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm really oriented to, um, to trauma and, mm. and, and abuse and all that. And usually, you know, the, these, these cases of, of, of incest and sexual abuse, they come, they, they, they're usually from people that the victim already it is already familiar with so it could have come from a family member or a friend right so and if it you know if it comes if these things <laughs> so sorry trigger warning if these things if it happens at an early age right what's the usual um message or cover up to say right oh it's just me showing love or this is this is how i love you and i'm showing it to you by holding you like this or doing that Right. So it's already so already at that age. If if you've had these sexual experience experiences, it's already changing the perce- the perception of of the sex. So um, going back to your previous guest, definitely, you know, we 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 might we can be vulnerable to putting our value on these on these experiences it's it's really tough when it involves you know intimacy and vulnerability and when you use intimacy and vulnerability in a way that it becomes disposable or something that you can just swipe left or right 
So for some, it can be damaging, but for others, it can be empowering. So again, it comes back to your intentions of using, of using the app. Your definition of hooking up. So lots of relative things, right? So based on context, right? Are you guys okay? <laughs> I mean, that was a bit of a heavy-handed topic. And so it kind of came out of nowhere. So we're like, oh, this is not something we like. We appreciate it. But yeah, we just like, oh, okay, it's serious. We can't can't interrupt. We can't laugh at it because like, it's, uh, yeah. And you know, that does, that does make sense in a way. And I guess it is uh, definitely harder to, uh, to sort of, of accept that fact or having to experience the things that some people would think is a regular thing is much more difficult for them in a way. Yeah, no, I, I see the point there. I see it. But okay, so straining back to, you know, the original topic, sorry, because uh, we kind of, that kind of went a little farther than we thought it would. We talked about it earlier when, you know, when traditionally people are more used to physical relationships and you should hear stories from grandparents that would talk about, oh, I met them and we, then we just dance for the whole night or we talk for the whole night. And I knew like, oh, then, then in there, I was going to marry this person. But, you know, with, with people in this generation, that would be like, oh, yeah, I sent them a DM and they said yes. <laughs> so do you think that the differences in how people meet or how they've interacted have a correlation to how long they'll stay together? You know, I don't think I've come across a study that guarantees the lifespan of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if it's based on whether or not you meet online or offline, let's see. It could also, it, you know, it probably depends on individual? on how you see, yeah, yeah. And how the individual sees the relationship. Okay, for for some, that's the interesting part about it. Uh, you mentioned the, the older generation. You know, when we um, would have relationships, we used to be limited to our immediate area. Circle. Yeah, right? yeah, you would kind of find your life partner in the community or at school or at work so basically it's that limited but because online dating we finally have access to to people you know we may not really have the chance to meet you know if the internet didn't exist so wow i don't think i'm really answering your question here i guess it depends on the person how they how they see their relationship how they treat it we always look at their perception is it something they value Again, it's always the intention, right? When you when yeah. you go into dating apps, some people just come really looking, really looking for meaningful relationships. But there are others who kind of just want to go there just to hook up. Guilty as charged. Okay, thanks. <laughs> bye. I'm going to go look for the next one. That's okay. Yeah. We just need to make it clear that when you're with that person, that that they know that that's, that, 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 that's, that's what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could be missing, maybe. Mm. Some people kind of don't expect you know, they just hang out and then the next minute, the other guy, the, the person says, okay, can we get a room now? Right. And then to the other person, it's like, oh my gosh, where did, where did this come like, from? Wait, I thought we were having a meaningful conversation. I thought we were really connecting. <laughs> I mean, the worst one I've ever heard, I think this was on the news just like a couple years ago, but there was this woman who had gone on like 22 dates in a month solely for the fact that they would buy her food. They would buy her dinner every day. So she would go on Tinder, she'd go on whatever. And she'd like find anyone who's like, oh yeah, I'm willing to meet tonight or I'm willing to meet tomorrow or the day after. Let's go here to eat. And she saved up like thousands of dollars worth of food. And she was just dining on like the best things. And she's like, 
it's their choice to buy food for me. So I don't know why it's such a big deal. <laughs> like, That's smart. I hate her. <laughs> it's smart, but also it's kind of a dick move. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's really interesting. You see that? How we are driven by certain needs. So this lady clearly wants pleasure seekers. Yeah. Her pleasure is food. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, she wanted to eat really, really well. I, I think it was like she was getting steaks and she was getting like expensive lobster and shrimp and stuff like that. I was like, damn it, why can't I do something like that? I'm a girl and I didn't think of that. Why couldn't I find myself a sugar mama? <laughs> or a sugar but with dad. her, it's different every night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it really comes down to intention. So for people out there, if you guys really are just for hooking up, there's actually a culture that developed through dating. So we have things that we call fuck boys, sad boys, and soft boys. What do you call that? So, okay, fuck boys, what people are generally thinking are the easiest to handle because they know they only want sex. So that's, that's their mm -hmm. interpretation of it. You smell them from a mile away. Mm. Sad boys are people who use their life, their story, or anything that they're going through as a means for pity so that whoever they're talking to is like, okay, I'll have sex with you. Or is like, I'm broken, save me. <laughs> what's a soft boy again? Like, what's the difference with, with a sad boy and a soft boy? Oh, a sad boy is just, you know how people just have this like savior instinct that they want to make people happy if they feel bad for you that's a sad boy they just use the sadness and then like the intimacy that comes with comforting you to eventually have sex with you and then ghost you soft boys act like the perfect gentleman and then they tell you their life and then expect that you would tell yours to get your comfort and then once the girl feels like they have that connection and like, oh, this is a stable thing. If the sad, if the soft boy gets the sex, he's like, okay, I got what I need, bye. Just forgets everything. Oh my goodness. I only <laughs> heard of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. And it's mostly guys? Mostly guys, but you know, there are some girls who also do it. Very rare, but yeah, there are. I think the sad boy thing originated with the girls. The damsel in distress trope. Like, guys always want to save her. But then guys use that strategy to get into bed with girls. And it works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. See that? The, the cycle of reinforcement. Because it works. We like to emotionally manipulate people to really have our needs fulfilled. It's, it's tough. I think we, we, we find this, okay, maybe I might not have the statistics to back this up, but, yeah. you know, females, they tend to be more people-pleasing, right? especially mm. in this, this kind of culture. So, and we want harmony, right? We want things to be okay. So we'll do whatever we can to maintain that peace and harmony. Okay, so if we see someone, you know, feeling really sad or, you know, being all down, we kind of want to make things better what can i do for you what can i be for you yes <laughs> so, uh that's we need to be careful okay when we when we do that okay? so it's okay to give it's okay to give just make sure it's not all of you yeah. and make sure that it's with the right people <laughs> okay Ooh. yeah i think like, that is a statement to live by also out of the other statements i've said to live by is invest in those who would invest in you 
So, you know, if you're willing to do this for someone, they better be willing to do the same fucking thing. Yeah. So, like, I've noticed that throughout our whole conversation, we've highlighted points about self-awareness, all the risk that comes with dating apps. Like, I just wondered, since you work in the psychology department of a school, like, didn't you ever consider, like, making a general education class about, I don't know, sex ed and covering all the topics that we're learning right now and that are happening right now under everyone's noses? Like, shouldn't this get more attention? It definitely should. It's a good observation. But I can't really speak for... I can't really speak for I don't know why these... I don't know why these things, you know, aren't really, really happening. If we're going to talk about school and whatnot, there seems to be a divide, right, in what we're learning and in what we're supposed to have learned as soon as we graduate. Part of that is taking care of the self. I mean, I guess maybe that's why we have this new subject, understanding the self. But again, it's steeped in a lot of theory, more theory than maybe application. That's the challenge. That's the challenge there. Oh boy. Philippines, of course, uh, talking about um, emotional intelligence, all these things, how we take care of ourselves, how we the way we should listen to our bodies, all these things. For some reason, we've gotten very much disconnected. We've gone through a lot of topics. We've you know, gotten through you know, how we deal with ourselves, how we deal with people, especially online. What is the one thing you personally would want everyone to take from this? This whole conversation. What would you want people who have listened in on this to actually really take from it? What was the most important thing? Tread carefully. You know, the online dating thing, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to try. Just be mindful about these things. Don't always, you know, don't forget to ask yourself, you know, why? <laughs> Just ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? What do I want out of these relationships? Why do I want to fix the person who I'm chatting with? Right? Why do I want to swoop in to help that sad boy? Try to track, right? Or thoughts and behaviors where is that coming from so if we find ourselves mindlessly scrolling try to ask yourselves what am i what am i escaping from a lot of the things that we're doing it's really really a reflection right of of ourselves so although it may be uncomfortable to to look at it's definitely a good start no that's good and i think you know for people out there that is one lesson you really have to take from this you know, tread carefully with who you are as a person and reflect on the things that you do because what you reflect on or what you do to other people is how you sort of carry or hold yourself in the same way. But yeah, you know what? That That is one thing that you really have to learn. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, we're coming to a close. And, you know, before we do, we always ask our guests, uh, is there anything you want to plug currently? Anything you want to give a shout out to? You know, Instagram account, Facebook account. Or any event that you have you want to plug? Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> I don't really have much of an online presence. Mm-hmm. So really just look after yourselves. That's all. <laughs> and okay, so you guys heard it here first from Ms. Marielle. You guys, remember, keep yourselves in check. Keep yourselves safe. Make sure you know who you're talking to. Don't give out your account to anyone. Like, Don't give out credit card details. Don't give out your home address. And if you're going to send nudes... Make sure your face ain't showing. <laughs> Guys, this, this has been another mind-learning 
I don't know how to put it. <laughs> no, but you know, this is very informative. This is very, this is a lot of information to take in and I hope you guys have been able to properly consume it, properly learn from it, and hopefully you can properly apply it. Guys, this is Carl from Matched PH or from Matched. And again, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, it's Matched underscore PH. And again, if you guys wanna send in your own stories, but don't wanna be featured on the show or just wanna remain anonymous, you can send us a story or a DM. It's matchmakers.ph at gmail.com. And that is it for today. We hope to see you guys soon. And you know, don't forget, stay positive, be positive, test negative. That is my new catchphrase. <laughs> I hope you guys have a good day or a night whenever you guys listen to this. But otherwise, we thank you all for being here. And until next time. Bye. Bye.